Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Banecdotes. And I'm your host, Phil Paxton. Thank you for tuning in. This is Banecdotes, the podcast that showcases Ontario heavy music, such as hardcore, screamo, punk, or metal. We take those musicians from those bands, we bring them on the show, and have them tell some of the wildest stories they have from either being on the road, or in the studio, or anything in between. Don't forget to like and subscribe, give us a high rating, follow us on Instagram at Banecdotes, that's B-A-N-D-E-C-D-O-T-E-S. And if you have any interest being on the show or being interviewed or even having your music featured on our episode at the end of the month that features new music that's been coming out of Ontario, shoot me an email at banicnotes at gmail.com. And today my guest is none other than... Chris Chap. He is a bit of a local legend, although he probably wouldn't call himself that. He's very modest. He's a promoter, but he's also played in bands such as Blackheart. He was the vocalist for No Orphans for a while there. He was in a band years ago called Pimp, and he's currently in a band called Eaten by Sharks. And within the last couple of years, Chris has done a really good job bringing heavy music from all over the world to St. Catharines, which is pretty outrageous because we're a fairly small city. We're not known for very much. Uh, Rush came from here. Alexa's on fires from St. Catharines, although they don't want to be associated with us anymore. They're, now they'll probably say that they're a Toronto band nowadays. Um, other than that, no really big bands have came out of St. Catharines. Actually, you know what? I think the two guys from Prozac, I don't know if you remember that, cheesy pop band. I think they're from St. Catharines. Anyway, here's my conversation with Chris. Thank you for tuning in to Banecdotes. Chris, thank you for friggin' joining me. It's so good to see you. How you been? Good, man. Good. 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 It's been a little rough, but you know, um, it is what it is, right, buddy? <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, so I've let the listeners know uh, what you do, but tell us in your words, uh, your role in the Ontario heavy community. Uh, well, I've obviously played in a uh, qu- quite a few bands under, you know, the heavy, quote unquote, um, style of music. Um, anything ranging from, you know, new metal to, you know, death metal to, you know, I guess rap core, if you want to call it that, metal core, right? Um, but, uh, yeah, I've just, you know, been around this scene for a really long time. I feel like, you know, like a, like an ancient, like old piece of furniture, basically. Right. So, um, uh, I've been around, I've seen, I've seen the scene go, you know, through its phases of, you know, having great times and then kind of having the slumps. And then it always seems to kind of rise back up. Uh, recently I'd say that, um, I've been involved a little bit more with, uh, promoting shows. Um, and trying to bring some more heavy to uh, to this area or helping out where I can, obviously. Like, there's a lot of people that are involved in doing that. So I like to think that maybe I'm I'm a contributor to that um, and also uh, making sure that, uh, you know, we get a lot of, uh, you know, bands from, you know, out, out of town in here as well as getting the bands that are, you know, starting around here that are doing the heavy stuff. 
um, promoted and, you know, getting a crowd, putting a crowd, right? So a big piece of that is uh, kind of the, I've got a little bit of a connection to the warehouse that just opened up and trying to bring some heavier acts through there. Right on, right on. Now, I know Eaten by Sharks has been active, uh, but we haven't had a new release since uh, we're going to need a bigger boat EP, which was 2013. What's the band been up to in the last year or so? Uh, well, um, we're trying to get some new music out there. Um, it was, we were slated last year uh, in April to, well, just before April to hit the studio. Um, we we're actually going to travel up to Montreal to do it. Um, we ended up making a connection with, uh, through a mutual friend of ours, uh, um, a guy who uh, plays in a band, uh, Cryptopsy, who's doing some, uh, uh, does some awesome recordings. So we, we were able to hook up with him to uh, get some stuff going. But uh, un unfortunately, the pandemic kind of put an end to that, right? So we we're super stoked to get in the studio and, and you know, record some new material we've been sitting on. Uh, a bunch of new songs that we want to just get out we've been playing some of them live just because you know who really cares there's so many riffs i don't think people are going to really notice that like hey that's a new song or an old song it's all kind of blends into one right um but uh you know uh we want to get some stuff out there and it's just been with, with this recording we've been i think three times now since you know this pandemic just kind of put a an end to you know trying to get out there so we're, we're still on on uh we've we've been postponed it to August, I think it's the next one. So hopefully the way that the, the waves are working, um, it'll be uh, good to get into Montreal and uh, get some stuff recorded. So we're really stoked on that. We were trying to get, you know, recording. And then we had a little bit of a mini tour booked after that with some friends. And uh, that obviously, it was all like in the works, but because everything came to a crashing halt, we're just waiting. So Cryptopsy is like a legendary band in Canada. How did you manage to land that? Well, a, a good friend of ours um, who's been playing in a few different bands, um, he, he was a promoter uh, in the Guelph area. And then he ended up, uh, you know, just joining and making a few different bands. And uh, he, he ended up recording his band with, uh, with Christian. And uh, I, was, I was questioning him about it. And then he put in a good word for us, which was awesome and solid that he did that for us. And uh, we ended up... Uh, starting a relationship with Christian and uh, and his uh, team. He's got a team that works over there that you got to kind of email and the guy handles all the stuff. Um, and then um, it gets back to Christian. Christian kind of gets back to us. And it's, uh, anyways, it's been uh, pretty awesome as far as that. Like, hey, listen to this, to your point, like cryptopsy, right? It's like, you know, I'm working on my riffs super hard to make sure I don't want to fuck up in front of the guy from Cryptopsy. He's going to be like, what are you doing, man? I'm like, can you play the part? <laughs> so, yeah, like you've mentioned, uh, you've been active in the Niagara music community for quite a while as a promoter and as a musician, like you mentioned. When I was much younger and when, like, social media wasn't a thing anymore, people posted flyers on telephone poles and streetlights. I vividly remember seeing your old band named Pimp plastered everywhere on flyers all over the city. How old were you when you, uh, when you were in Pimp and how did you get started playing music? Um, well, Pimp was like sort of, probably I would say the fourth band that I've, I'd been in that was like, you know, not professional, but like, you know, trying to do something, I guess you could say. Uh, the first band that I was in was called Man Seed and that was more of a kind of a, a heavy metal, kind of death metal type thing. Um, and then I briefly did, uh, a few months in a band called Revenge of the Egg People. I played guitar. I was super young. I was like, oh man, I, 
I remember when uh, they were looking for a guitarist and I was just hanging around in uh, one of the bars uh, that they, all the musicians hung out at. And I went up to the bug, the drummer, and I was like, I can play guitar. Can I try out for your band? They're like, uh, yeah, okay. So I finally got to play with them. They're like, yeah. I played a couple shows and it was awesome because I got to, uh, got to meet and hang out with Kashmir, you know, from uh, the singer from the Egg People who started a lot of cool stuff around the scene. And just seeing the way that he worked, it kind of influenced me to, you know, uh, become more of a, you know, a proactive person in, within a band, you know, like how do you book shows? What, 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 what's it like bringing a community together? Like all that kind of stuff Kashmir did. They did it really well. Uh, so anyways, the Egg People. And then uh, after that, I was in a band called Meet the Cleavers. And that was like when I started playing, you know, a little bit of a larger show. Our, our singer that we got for the band, he was super popular amongst everybody. So like our first show, there was like 300 people there. I'm like, whoa, wow. what's this? I know it was like, you know, just me, me, uh, the core, me, my friend Shane Claridge and my buddy Johnny V were like, we were always jamming when we were younger. And then we brought our friend Jeff Baxter in and he, he knew a ton of people and just like, uh, next thing you know, we we're just like, our first show was packed, I guess. And so that kind of got me going in the scene a little bit. And, uh, and then I got the bug to sing because people were, I was helping the singers like write music, write the lyrics and stuff. Um, and then they let me sing uh, one of uh, one of the shows that we played. Um, we played like uh, I think a Dr. Dre song or something. It was like there's like three rappers on it. So the, we had two guitarists in the band. So the one guitarist just played the funky part. I got to drop my guitar and then I picked up a mic. And then it was like as soon as I got that feeling, I was like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> but they did make me, so the, the three rappers in it, it's kind of funny story. It's like, there's two guys and one girl. I got the girl part, right? So she was on the rage. Yeah, so um, then after that, that's when I, I kind of tried out for Pimp. They had lost their singer. I tried out for them, and uh, that, that, was, uh, that was awesome, trying, uh, playing with those guys. Yeah, so if you go back and listen to Pimp songs, it's clear new metal was alive and well in our Sony Discman headphones. What were some of your biggest new metal influences? Uh, well, obviously, yeah, uh, you know, when Corn came out, that was a game changer. It was like I, I was just starting to get into death metal in, uh, in, in high school. A couple of my friends uh, introduced me to some of that stuff. I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. But then Corn came out with that kind of still that uh, like that heavy evil vibe, but with like a groove to it. And they're all wearing like baggy clothes and stuff. I'm like, oh, that's sick. I want to be a part of that. So um corn was definitely huge uh deftones i still love deftones to this day i still like the older corn albums too uh, like to this day so definitely uh deftones and corn were and snot like as far as singing was concerned uh lynn Strait, i think from snot um was uh somebody who influenced me a lot of my singing style i wanted to sound like him i don't know if i ever was able to pull that off but i just like the fact that he was doing that i thought was awesome so uh now correct me if i'm wrong you live out on the farmlands and own a couple farm animals yourself well what are some of your barn animals that you have and what led you to start owning them well i guess uh i'm, I'm a vegan i don't know if you knew that about me but I didn't. Uh, no okay so uh me and the wife obviously live a little bit of that vegan lifestyle right um and uh the the goal was to someday get a little bit of acreage you know and then start rescuing animals if we could so that's kind of uh, each animal has their own little story that they come along with and we think that we don't really own the animals as much as they're like our you know companions and friends right pets if you were you know so 
It's uh, we've got two full-size pigs, two mini pigs. Um, we've got a bunch of chickens, a couple ducks. We've had a turkey, unfortunately, that just passed away, um, and lots of cats. Wow. Cats. How, how much work is that to, to maintain? You know, you kind of get your routine, um, of, like the feeding schedule in the morning is pretty crazy uh, and at night. But like, to, to be honest, like my wife usually takes care of the lion's share of that kind of stuff. Um, I'll help build the, the enclosures and things like that. But, uh, you know, she's, uh, they're, they're her babies. So that's awesome. That sounds super fulfilling. That's awesome that you do that. Um, so what have been some of your favorite Ontario bands within the last year or so? What is, what's caught your attention? Favorite Ontario band. Oh, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of what, uh, Dusk Walker is, uh, has been accomplishing. Like those guys are awesome. The great dudes and, uh, like, uh, the music's super solid. Joey, the singer's great guy. I, I talked to Kale quite a bit too. Um, it was, uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, those guys are some, somebody I'm really excited about. Um, I also like some of the, like, do you recall, um, occultic? that band when they were first coming first started like they're just starting to get going and uh I, I was really excited to see where they're going the first show that they played i was very impressed i think uh, they played for me in uh uh at the warehouse at uh maybe distorted roots i think was their first show maybe something like that that's cool and distorted roots for the listeners uh is like a metal festival that you were putting on annually uh just trying to dr draw all the like heavy attention to it. it's like in the niagara region correct Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was, uh, the, uh, the distorted roots was a very fun thing to be a part of. It was awesome because I was getting to, you know, network with a, a bunch of different, uh, heavier bands from around here. Um, and, uh, you know, like there's a few that are do really well and being able to put them all together created this great, you know, vibe of a show where you've got a lot of people there. Uh, a lot of people are looking around thinking, you know, there's something here, right. You know, like, uh, there's, a, there's a scene going on there. There's, there is always been a scene going on, but like just to help bolster it, make it a little bit bigger, you know? Um, uh, the, the first one was, was very cool. Uh, the second one was, I think there was a little bit more of, uh, using different, uh, there's kind of two different scenes, I guess, if you will, you know, like of uh, bands that hadn't played together yet. So we were able to kind of combine that and start relationships with those bands. So that was really cool. Um, and I worked with Tyler. He's a singer in what band was he in? I think he was in. Uh, uh, he was in Grindstone. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, and without uh, which, unfortunately, both those bands don't exist anymore. Which, rest, rest in peace. I know, rest in peace. Yeah, but without it was really cool because they had uh, a friend of mine, Eric Chambers, play with those guys too, yeah. and uh, that that was uh, that was really cool to see them go. I, obviously, I was in No Orphans too for a little bit, so uh, very good friends with uh, with Eric. And uh, my time with No Orphans was actually a, quite a fun time. That's a great segue because honestly, before we get into some anecdotes, uh, for the people who don't know, uh, the Welland music scene, even like. 15 years ago was like alive and well um full of bands that were playing eric chambers was uh one of you know you know he played in several bands uh if you were to create a festival of like past welland and niagara bands uh what would you create on the bill like five bands five bands welland and niagara um i think obviously like right away um uh in these walls would be one uh the snips there definitely be one. Haddonfield was was a band back in the day. Um, 
there was a, there was a really old band from Welland that I used to love. We played with actually back in Pimp was uh, they're called they used to be called Psilocybin, but then they just changed their name to Sybin. And uh, Jeff Beetle, like he's now he does more like uh, folky acoustic type music. Incredible voice, right? So uh, and he they used to do like more of a like a, a rocky kind of tool kind of sound. Um, there's a four piece and uh, there's like Andrew Danch was in it, uh, Jeff Beetle. Uh, the drummer and bass uh, guitar player were also like a grande and uh, the other guy's name. He actually used to drum for the, the snips after that, but uh, he was, uh, that band was super, like I'd love to see those guys play again. Uh, are, are you saying the, the snips or the ceremonial snips? Because they, they kind of added two different sounds there. They did. Yeah, ceremonial was a little bit more aggressive and the snips, they went more song, song written. But yeah. I, like, I like both of the, both of the styles. Did you ever end up at the, the last show that they did? Like the snips are friggin' done. It was like the last Welland show. Yeah, yeah. Like I think, uh, um, yeah, the American Hell was on that bill too. Oh, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot that you played in American Hell. I, I did. I, I briefly did. I was, I was always, uh, they, their guitarists, I think, uh, uh, Camel, um, he ended up having a, a kid so they needed somebody to fill in guitar wise and they get they asked me if i could do it i said sure no problem and that was a wicked time with them um and then uh, after i i ended up singing for the band um i think uh Lero wasn't in the band anymore or something like that so then i was like okay well i'll, I'll give it a shot and that was also a great time i, I love those guys they're hilarious yeah i, I plan on having uh Lero on uh the show uh i eventually plan on having him on Oh yeah, we did, uh, when actually American Hell um, had the final show and they're done um, after I was in it, uh, we, did, uh, we did a show and we got Laro to do half songs. I did a half songs and we did like a, a, like a promotional thing where both me and him were like face to face against each other type thing. Mm-hmm. That's just for fun, right? But we're, we're both good friends, obviously. I remember uh, we were playing that show and I was just going, trying to go a little crazy. And then at one point I found my, like myself, like on top of Laro, my legs were over top of him. Like he's giving me a shoulder ride and he was just like singing and I'm singing. And like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm a heavy dude now. And he is going <laughs> to be up here for a long time. I'm like, I'm sorry, man, but it's all for the name of the show. Right. <laughs> totally. Totally. So yeah. Anecdotes. Let's, uh, let's tell some of some of the war- wildest stories you have from being on the road or in the studio or anything in between. Um, okay. So one, one of the times when uh, we were in pimp, we ended up uh, being able to play this um, Cayuga Speedway on the May two, four weekend. So it was like a, like a big like party. Right. And uh, we were opening up, it was Biff naked and Matt good. Um, so great time right and great exposure and uh we were, we were there and like we had our first like kind of um happenings with matt i don't think matt was a big fan of what we were doing but uh um obviously biff naked was she's she's awesome um and, and what had happened was uh my 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 uh my guitar player ugly he always like brought the game right he would like you know do handstands he would be playing like with like barbie dolls all over his guitars and then he started getting naked on stage so i was like okay well i gotta step my game up too so i chose that weekend on Cayuga speedway to like just get completely buck naked with a ton of people around like i'm like i'm not like in the greatest shape like at all <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> there's my little like being body running around i'm like 
okay. And then after it was all said and done, I was like, what the hell did I just do there? So uh, after like Biff Naked came up, we're just hanging out with, she's like, I saw you guys up there. I'm like, oh, this isn't good. But um, she, we actually ended up giving her like some free merch or, or whatever. And uh, we, we were hanging out with her and her crew. Um, and the next thing you know, they're on Much. Biff was on Much doing some some music thing. And she was wearing our shirt on, on TV. I was like, oh, look at that. That's super cool. Um, wow. Biff Naked, eh? Biff Naked saw you naked. That, that, yeah, got naked <laughs> in front of Biff Naked, yeah. We, you, know, you know when you're, uh, there's a different, like, you know, when you go on your little mini tour things and you're, you're, you're with, you know, a whole bunch of different bands. You don't even realize sometimes the, the connections that you make to these people and how important it is at the time that you're playing with these people to what it's going to be like in five years, 10 years from now when you're still playing and all those guys have moved on, done other stuff. And you're like, okay, I, I used to, I went on tour with this guy, you know, and now he's like in Mandroid Echo Star or whatever, right? Um, and we, uh, one of the ones we did was with, uh, a, a guy from London was put, put on this little mini tour with a bunch of bands. I think it was a band called Karmic Cure, a band called Assassinate the Following, Us, and then we would just rotate every show. So you didn't get stuck being the opener all the time, right? You get the sweet spot in the middle or whatever. Um, and, uh, I do remember like, you know what it's like, you're, you're, couch surfing you're like you know just making friends there and saying hey can we sleep at your place or you know to avoid you know having to pay money for like a hotel or something like that um i remember i learned the term maximum welfare on that tour (laughs) (laughs) guys like living it up right like just living on the people are super nice and super like you know letting you stay at their place just to kind of and like giving you a good time right we go to like uh theaters right just go see a movie but then we'd use like the facilities of the theater it was like oh this is luxury you know like just like washing up in, in the washroom with people. like what are you doing like oh no don't, don't mind us right nice seats it was perfect catch a movie um and then uh, after that you obviously go play the show i remember uh we played do you, do you ever remember the shadow in guelph were you around Have you yeah actually one? yeah I, I totally it's like an upstairs venue right no, no, that's, I think that's District Shadow was in a basement. Uh, oh, you know what? I think Breezy booked a lot of bands at Shadow. Yeah, that, that, that was like, it's not around anymore, but it, it was, uh, there's a lot of bands that came through there. It had a great vibe to it. It was kind of like the way that the warehouse is. It was like more set up for bands, but it was dingy in a basement, right? It was like off in like an alleyway, right? Yeah, it was super hard to get there. Yeah, and you're like, you walk through this like, this door on the side, the kind of rough looking door, you open it up and then you're, you walk into like, uh, it's kind of like a, like a lion's club type feel, lots of wood on the walls. You're like, what's going on here? And I started like, do we set up here? And they're like, no, there's another door that goes downstairs. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> but we played, uh, we, on that tour that we did, um, we, or the mini tour or whatever, we, uh, when we played there, it was our night to be like the, the closing act. I remember the kids just were losing their mind, but like, it was a rough time because I was feeling so sick from like the nights before, you know, having a couple of drinks. Right. And I was like, it wasn't like just having a drink and having a hangover. It was like every night. So you're like, by that time I was like shaking and I couldn't like, Oh, like <laughs> we played the set but by the last set. I wasn't even singing. I was just like, going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just yeah, like pointing yeah. around and a couple words in there, like a good scream. Like, cause Hey, 
you know, when you're not feeling well, like, and you have to sing in a band, that's one thing, but when you're not feeling well and you have to scream your lungs out, you're probably going to vomit, right? Yeah, <laughs> I've done that too many times, too many times before. Right on, man. Well, uh, thank you for coming on the show. It's been it's been nice to get in, uh, to know you a little bit better. Uh, we've played gigs in the past, but I've and there's always so much going on that we've never really had time to to talk to each other. So I'm glad we had this opportunity. Uh, where can the listeners find Eaten by Sharks on the socials? Um, just you know, if uh, I, we're on Spotify, I'm I'm terrible when it comes to stuff like this. Like I'm not really even concentrating on like promoting the band. That was kind of the plan going forward once we hit the studio and got some new recordings. But yeah, we're we're on Spotify, so you can if you want to listen to us, just go on Spotify and search it. Right on, and we're gonna end the show with the song "We're Gonna Need a Bigger Boat" off the same titled EP. Thanks for joining me, man. Have a great day. Thanks, Bill. for listening to another episode of Banecdotes. Again, don't forget to like and subscribe. Give us a high rating. Follow us on Instagram at Banecdotes. That's B-A-N-D-E-C-D-O-T-E-S. And if you want your music featured in the show, or if you want to come on the show, shoot me an email at banecdotes at gmail.com. Take it easy, folks. <laughs>